All right, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Panels on Pages podcast. I am joined today with, by, not with, man, language. How you're joined with, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> uh, joined today by Michael Dolce of Sire Studios. Uh, how are you doing today, sir? Uh, doing good. No complaints. It's spring in New York right now, which means it's like 40 degrees in the morning and 70 degrees by the day, and then it's back to 40 degrees, so. Yeah, we we were we were teetering on some potential tornadoes in the Chicago area, so <laughs> glad that glad that passed over us. Um, how uh, how should we start this? Uh, I actually, for some reason, I thought you were local here. No, I mean I, you were I, at the show, I, but like, I go to Chicago pre-COVID. I would there. I was there at least once a year. Uh, Wizard World Chicago back when it was actually Wizard. The magazine was still around. Uh, that was where we launched Sire for the first time. So, I mean, it was, you that's know, that's got to be where uh, I first saw home. it. That's got to be where I first saw it. Cause it, it's yeah. one of those things that like, so I've got, I don't even know if I can make this like happen on camera. Let's see. Let's see. Can I lean this over here? All right. So you see this, this is like the wall. This is one of those like opening desks. So every piece of my desk is just like littered with stickers okay. and cards that I got from people. Cause I, I had like this box for like for like years years of cards sure. from cons and i was like what do i do with this crap and i'm like some of these have like really <laughs> cool art right because it was yeah. like I, I went through at one point and just like put them all in like a bookmark list in my browser and i was like cool now i can get to these people that's something but then like what do i do with this paper and then i was like oh well you know what a list in a browser i'm gonna forget stuff if i'm looking around i'm gonna see stuff and it's gonna pop into my brain so that's sure. why so I've got the sire somewhere around here as well. <laughs> well I've got something. I so. feel like somebody, like a lot of people have gotten it sometimes somewhere. I get so many folks that come up to me at the shows and they're like, I remember this. I bought this last year, two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. I mean, we've been around since 06. So it's, it's a possibility that they That's have. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. So, so let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about. 2006 that's right i want to say right around one of my first cons like one of my early cons that's that's when yeah. it happened so what what was that your first book was that like that's how you just uh, yeah came into well the space? okay that was not my first book but it was the first successful book i did and um <laughs> the previous one that came out was actually a book called crossfire which was sire before sire was sire mm. um and uh i worked on it all through college and um, I drew it myself, you know, start to finish. And then I redrew it myself because uh, I just wasn't happy with the way it turned out. And um, and I submitted to publishers and I would get rejection letters. And then I said, well, you know what? I'm going to go to Wizard World Chicago because uh, I had been there the year before and that was my goal. And I was going to sell it. I actually sold it at Wizard World Chicago in 2001 before I actually had it. I sold 42 copies of a book I didn't actually have. People oh. gave me money to, and they liked the concept. And I was said, it like pre-sale? Like it was basically like, hey, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm I, I like getting these published? All I had was I had a binder with the pages printed out and said, this is the book. I need to get it printed up. Um, it's going to be oh. printed up. And yeah, and 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 people liked it and they bought it. Um, so that, that's so, cool. So you had like, this is like, here's the proof of concept. Like this is done. Yeah. Proof of concept right here. It's done. I just need money to print your copy. <laughs> Yeah, essentially, essentially. And, um, I like and I that. submitted to Diamond that summer and I got rejected from Diamond also. Um, but I went ahead and I printed up 
four thousand copies because Ooh, I don't know. Because well, back then you had to. <laughs> like there was there no were... print on demand. Yeah, there was yeah, no print back on then demand. Back then you had to. Like it, you had to print a, a certain amount. Yeah, I think minimums back then were twenty five hundred, and like yeah. that was a good deal. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, mine was not a good deal, and um, and so I learned. I learned. Uh, I learned the hard way how not to make a comic, and then five years later, I mean it. it it was less than five years uh, later when I when I took it back up again. But five years later, um, I got Talon Caldwell. Uh, I became friends with him. He did a cover for me. Um, Daniel Leister, who uh, did the interiors for Sire, um, you know, I reached out to him in about it, around 2004 or 2003, and I said, "Hey, I got this comic. Do you want to work on it?" Um, so, yeah, a good friend of mine, Darren Sanchez, who um, is well known. Uh, in the uh, in the industry, he's actually well known in the industry, but not necessarily to fans necessarily. But he worked. Uh, his last gig was at Marvel doing custom comics. But he worked at Wizard with me. I worked at Wizard magazine, and uh, you he worked said at me, Wizard. Like, oh yeah, the actual. Oh, that's magazine. wild. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you anything you want to know, man. It was it was that's a good cool. time. From oh two to oh six, I worked at Wizard, and um. But Darren said to me because you know we would talk, and I showed him my stuff, and you know. He said to me, he's like, do you want to make a comic book or are you trying to make an art project? Like, what, what is your goal here? You know, are you trying to write a story, build a story, like tell a story? And I said, you know, ultimately I have a story I want to tell. And he says, you got to get another artist in. He says, your, 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 your art's getting better. That was the comment I got from people around the office. Oh, your art got better. They didn't say it was good. They just said it got better. And um, I mean, hey, it's fair. And ultimately, you know, I had, to, I had to make a decision. And I was like, you know what? Let me bring an outside help. And we did. We, we, we launched it as Sire. Um, I was still working at Wizard when I got the convention tables in 06. Um, so I got a free table. Uh, Dan drove in. He, he lives in Ohio. And, um, and we just we sold, sold, sold. I mean, I was technically working the convention. Uh, Dan was working the table. But I would come back and work the table for many hours, too. And, I mean, we, we made a lot of money um, back then, you know, anyway. I mean, I guess relative. Anyway. Well, with a zero-cost um, table, it's all profit. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was great, and we were we were just and and we just got a big support from Wizard, and um and 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 it was great. Yeah, it was it was a good time. It was a really good time, really good time. And that was my first so my first official foray into the industry. So that's that's super cool. But how how did you? So was it just like being at cons? Like how did you get in at Wizard? How does that happen? So uh, that's a stroke of luck, to be honest with you. Um, Wizard Magazine was run by the Seamus family, Garib Seamus. Um, sure was. <laughs> whose parents owned Wizard Cards and Comics, which was 10 minutes from my house. <laughs> that was it. That was that was it. I mean, I remember being at the oh, store. That's right. It started as a store. Yeah. yeah, well, it started as a store, and all the main I forgot people, about that. Garib, uh, Pat McCallum. Um, there was this other guy too. I don't remember his name particularly, but he looked like Ian Zeering from nine hundred two and It wasn't actually him, but it was. But he looked like him. I remember that. I and mean, I used to shop there. That was you my know that's store, funny. I, was... I I think I remember who you're talking about because they'd always have those like photos of the team in there. Yeah. In various like goofy scenarios. I think yeah. I know who you're talking about. That's kind of funny. Yeah, I know. And and it, and they were there. And they were talking about you know they had a newsletter and it was a, it was a snarky newsletter. It was kind of funny and. Um, and they just said, you know, we're going to do a magazine and they did. And, um, so I had the benefit of being an intern there. So here's, here's the thing too. When I went to college though, um, you know, my goal was always to make comics, right? It was like, it was never to work at a comic book magazine. Don't get me wrong. Awesome. Anybody did. And, and, and quite frankly, I actually kind of, I look back and I, I took it for granted what 
I could have accomplished had I had a had a a less stubborn sense um, to me. But basically, I said, all right, I'm going to be an intern at Wizard. So I did my junior year because literally it's 10 minutes from my house. Um, It was a paid internship. It wasn't a lot of money, but it was a paid internship. So it was cool. Um, But really, I was there to to take notes. I was like, all right, I'm going to figure out like I'm going to make some connections. I'm going to. And part of being the intern was you get to go to Wizard World Chicago as an intern. Uh, which was awesome, you know, and it was a great experience. So that was in 2000. And, um, and I really, I took advantage of, of just, again, it was just luck. It was proximity. And then a year later, I got out of college and I applied to work there because after Crossfire bombed, uh, my grand plan of making a living off my comic failed um, at the time. And um, I was like, well, if I'm going to get a job, I might as well get a job in the industry. I was actually delivering pizzas at the time. And I got to be honest, that's a great job. It really was great. <laughs> it was like 300 bucks cash a week. And that's when 300 bucks could actually go a long way back then. Right, for sure. Um, but no, yeah, I applied for a job there. And um, at first, I came in, I interviewed. I actually worked the job for two weeks. And then the person I was replacing ended up coming back. So I didn't get the job. And oh, then shit. two months later, another person got promoted. And, um, and then they called me back in and I ended up working, um, you know, I worked in research for, from 2002 to 2003 under Dan Riley. Awesome dude. Still keep in touch. He's a great guy. Um, research is a funny job. I didn't know there was a research position. Um, and there might not be anymore at a lot of companies now because magazines are what they are now. Right. Uh, but research was the, the gopher basically of the whole, it was like, they used to equate it to the minor leagues of the, of the you know, of the magazine and your job was to like, if you needed images and this is, again, this is pre internet. I mean, you're not really looking at internet right now. You're looking at like, you know, internet was there, but it was, it was bare bones. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was. And it was, and it was like, can you, can you, um, you know, call up this person and call up that person and, and call up this artist and, and, uh, we need, we need an artist for this cover. Can you call them? And, you know, so talk to Marvel and get their, you know, get their, get their images in. And, and I got to be honest, again, I look back and I'm like, man, I, I, if I'd, have, if I'd have understood where I was and what I was doing, I probably could have excelled even more. But, you know, back then I was like, this is not what I want to be doing. I want to be making comics. Nah. Um, but it was good. It was a good experience. All the people were there were, were amazing. And then I eventually got promoted to being uh, the editor of their website. Um, and that's what I did from uh, 2003 until uh, 06. And then I was in charge of the convention website. And then eventually, I got to tell you, man, if, if you know how to, how to destroy a multi-million dollar company, I, I, got, I got floor seats to that because it was, it, was, uh, it was unbelievable how the management turned against each other and, 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 and just like I so never, much spending was done. I never uh, understood that. That whole era – Man, that's so that was such a crazy thing because I was like, what's like as a consumer, I was yeah. like, what the fuck is happening in this magazine? Like yeah. it was this really well curated, like point like it had really interesting, informative things, exclusive things. Mm-hmm. And then and then just over time it just became a fucking movie blog in paper. And I was like, no, what the yeah, fuck it, is it, happening? Like <sighs> It, it was it was tough because in so everyone just keeps saying like oh like wizard didn't know you know that the internet was going to kill them and blah 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 and it's like no they did know but they were too busy so i was actually part of the committee uh in charge of finding like web developers to do 
to um, a new website and we, we interviewed this one company. Now, mind you, they wanted to charge like a hundred grand to do it, um, sure. but they were talking about user accounts and it was going to be a whole interactive experience. It was going to be, a, I was, it was, I was there. Was I remember them epic. promoting it. I remember that was being, that, that was yeah. like this new big experience, like the, yeah. the, the, the wizard magazine experience on the internet. And even yeah. better. I remember the no, promotion. And it turned out to not to, again, the problem was management was, was fighting with each other. So, and, and at the same time, Garib Seamus was taking money out of wizard to invest in his, in his MMA league that he was starting at the exact same time. So, Oh, that's, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. Ultimately um, it was, it was crazy. I mean, just, there was that's so wild. much stuff going on. So again, when it comes down to like, you know, how, to destroy a multi-million dollar company they they managed to do it um and it was a lot of infighting there was that sounds like a book between, <laughs> oh man i mean you know if i knew enough like i knew enough uh tertiarily i guess if that's a if that's a word i don't know but i just made it up so i guess it is if i knew enough to, to go into it or i had any desire to write that book yeah there's there's a, there's a ton of stuff um that you could get even more and look i'm sure people have different points of view on it uh, but us as employees, we all kind of were watching this just going like, I mean, look, by o, by the end of 05 into 06, you know, people started getting laid off, like just integral people, like not because they were doing a bad job, but like, ah, you know, you're making too much money here and we feel we can consolidate your your job. And, and mm, you know what, um, this is costing us too much money or... Now we have a we have a New York City office and we have a and we have a Congress New York office which was where I lived and you know you just you in in 2006 I just I got the feeling every time I walked in the building like is this the day I get laid off and right. that was the feeling everyone kind of had so I'm not going to lie too that was around the time when I was when I was reading and I was like like I see I see the like not necessarily the effort going away, but I see like the the thing that made this special. I see it fading away, and that because like oh yeah. six because that was that was right, yeah, that was X Men three, and that's yes. around the time yep. when it started shifting more and more to being like a movie blog, like just a paper movie blog. Because I remember when they went to the uh, saddle stitch. I okay. was I was blown away. I was like, yeah, why? Like, why? Like, this was this thing that was tangible. Now, it it, it doesn't it doesn't even feel like it's worth the money. Like we have crossed yeah. this point because as soon as I saw that in my head, I was like, in comics, you have prestige format books and you have saddle stitch books. One of them costs yep. more, feels better, and makes you feel better about buying it for more money. The other one, yep. is the one that gets printed you know five million copies and gets thrown away and you know she's like <laughs> yep it's lost and damaged and like yeah I, and look simultaneously to all the infighting too they were also losing out to the internet now again they knew mm -hmm. they had to compete and again all through 2006 they were interviewing um different you know web development companies Damn. to come in and revamp everything and they ended up uh kind of doing a updated version of the in-house version that was designed which actually was not bad either i gotta be honest it wasn't horrible but they just they just 
were not able to to keep up with the wave. And um, they, I, I remember in, I had already left at that point, like I said, I left at the end of 2006. And um, I think it was like maybe a year later, they, they, they closed the Congress office, which was the office. Like anything you saw in the actual magazine where they would do the in-house photography and things like that, um, that office closed. Maybe it was 08. I don't know. Whatever it was, it was it was at one point, and they, and they shut it down and and just moved to New York City. So I knew I knew I got out at the right time, you know. The, the I mean the, the country's address is the one that I sent my one one once ever uh, submission yeah. to mail art to. <laughs> there you go. That's the there one. The, that's the, I'll never forget because I was like, what a weird name for a city. And you know, I, <laughs> yeah. I was what you know, fifteen, sixteen, when seventeen when that happened, I was sure. like. Conjures, what a weird name! And I drew a spawn on a letter and I sent it off. I don't even know what was in the envelope. I don't even know if there was, it was anything in the envelope. But I was like, I need to send something. I, I don't even know if I put anything in the envelope. All I know is I drew a spawn on it. Never made it into the magazine. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Never made it in, as far as I could tell. I mean, you know what? Those letters, they might still be there. I don't know. You know, <laughs> they might be. They might in a, be in a bin somewhere in the building. Yeah. 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 <laughs> never know That's, it's 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 wild so like wizard is, is one of the biggest inspirations that i took uh when starting my uh indie creator magazine uh the catalyst yeah. digital uh that is that's like a huge element of it like i i miss that era i was we were just talking to uh, chuck satterly was on twitter today and he was yeah. saying that they should uh they should make a omnibus of all the wizard magazines. And I was like, wow. that'd be pretty fire. I'm not going to lie. Like if you eliminate the, like, granted, it'd be a lot, it'd be a big ass book, but if you eliminate the fucking the price guides, cause like, that's kind of whatever, yes. but like keep all the, all the content. Some like it's some of those era though, right? are hilarious in retrospect. Yes. Some of them weirdly on point, like weirdly yeah. on point. Like I remember it was like it was I forget which issue it was it was early on but it was like an interview because it was like image was the big thing and uh, they were interviewing like all the guys and it was like what do you like what's 10 years look like 10 years in the future what's happening sure and I I forget if it was McFarlane or well you know it was one of them but basically they were like Todd McFarlane buys Marvel become like trims down their line of like to a manageable 400 titles. Cause that was when Marvel was just spitting everything out. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and I was like, I was like, it's kind of funny. Cause like it did kind of go that way. It was like so much shit. And then they were yeah. like, we need to start canceling things. Cause we can't sell all of it. <laughs> like, yeah. So it, it, that, like some of it's like weirdly prophetic. Other shit is like hilarious. Like the, you're because- never going to get that again. And, and I gotta be honest with you too. Like the, 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 First of all, the the wealth of talent that ended up at Wizard uh, that has gone on to do so much within the industry. I mean, look at Robot Chicken just alone, right? I mean, those are all Wizard guys. Uh, they oh, that's actually, crazy. Oh, they don't, it makes they, perfect they, fucking sense though, because the fucking the oh, the like behind the scenes shit was all that. It was the fucking yeah, toys you know and all, all the Twisted like, Toy Fair Theater. That's yeah, yeah. What inspired Robot Chicken was Twisted F- Toy Fair Theater. I did uh, not Matt know Matt Senreich that. and Doug Goldstein and and uh, Mike Fasolo. Ended up and they we all became well not we but like we as a company were we're good friends with Seth Green and that's Seth Green got got the show greenlit and he was into stop motion Matt Senrich that's what he lived and died by was 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 uh, stop motion and that's how Robot Chicken started I always love those like goofy little skits and stuff you just flip the page and there's like a toy knocked over another toy with a little word balloon like 
it's, I mentioned it, too. It, I mean, Darren missing. Sanchez, he worked at Marvel. Uh, Mike Martz, uh, and I mean, Mike Martz has been everywhere. Marvel, DC. Yeah, yeah. He was an ex Wizard guy. Brian Cunningham, um, who's now at Mad Cave. I think he's Mad Cave. Is he Mad Cave or is he something else? I forget what he is. Oh, I think I Cunningham's Mad Cave. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mike Martz is also Mad Cave too, though. So, um, but but Brian Cunningham was at DC. Pat McCallum, rest in peace. He was at DC. Uh, Mike Cotton. Uh, was at DC. Mike Cotton, dude, too. I haven't thought about that name in so long. Yeah, Ricky Purden was Marvel. Uh, Ryan Panagos, ironically enough, who's probably the biggest on-air talent at Marvel right now, because uh, he does all their convention, he does all their like podcasts and things like that. Oh, okay. He was a price guide editor, you know. That's, so I mean, see, that's like you said, like if you if you had the like foresight to 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 know what like what opportunity you had, the move like the moves you could have made. I just would have taken more advantage of, you know, it's more about timing, right? And this is the one thing that I've learned in life, and um, and and it's it, like I, I it come, it's come back to bite me a couple of times, but you you get to a certain point and you just think it's going to keep going, right? Like you 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 get to a point, and you're like, all right, well, I'll always have like Wizard to help me out, but then again, by 2006, by the time Sire was ready to finally launch, had I had I busted my butt a little bit earlier and i'll be i'll I'll admit though too like i was a little down after crossfire didn't make it like there was sure. two years where i just i wasn't making i was still drawing and i was still trying to like i was still plotting my comeback but i had worked so hard to get to this point it was like two years of my like the last two years of college and the first six months first year out of college where i was just busting my butt and to not have it even get out of the gate was very disappointing to me and it took me a couple of years. I was at Wizard World Texas in in two thousand four, I think it was, or two thousand three. I think it was, I think it was oh four. And I was telling this to some woman who was just sitting. In, we were sitting on a panel together, and 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 she said, "Well, you're going to give up?" And I'm like, "Well, no, I'm not going to give up." And you know that conversation. I remember having that, being like, "All right, I gotta, I gotta get back on my horse here and 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 really do it." Um, and then yeah, it must have been oh four. It was like the fall of two thousand four. So. I mean, you think about it like from, you know, from 2002 to 2004, I could just, I just didn't want to do anything because I right. had worked so hard and, and just accomplished nothing. Um, and I was, I was actually in a place working at Wizard where I didn't want to be. I didn't, I did like, and I didn't mean, there's nothing against Wizard, but it was always like when I wanted, when I left college, it's like, no, I'm going to make a living on my comic book. It's going to be my book. It's going to be a success. And that's what it's going to be. And, and that's going to make my living on. And to have that not happen, as quickly as I wanted it to, right. or to suffer that kind of, you know, setback, like it was crushing for a couple, like for a year or so, a year or two. And it was just, it was, it was more about like me being like, you know what, I just, let me just enjoy being 22. And let me just enjoy like, you know, I got my friends, I, you know, they're still in college, I can go visit them. And, and, and like, I could, I could still like, just, you know what, like, the last thing I need is to, is to worry about, a, is, is to worry about drawing for 12 hours a day, let me just deliver pizzas and right and and i'll plot my next move and that just it took two years and and if i had a, if i had a sped that up a little bit or had not gone through that um then i would have maybe released the book in 05 rather than 06 i would have stayed at the company while i released it and i would have had the power of like their advertising and their and their reach but by 06 the end of 06 it's like i had to get out of that company because again right. you just didn't know you just didn't know when you were getting fired. So, yeah. you know, again, the, the it's, uncertainty it's like, was there for sure. Right. So, so it's a timing thing. And so that's, that's the thing I think I took away from all that. 
Um, it, it also happened to me again down the road too when um, I had my book published at Image, uh, this book called Descendant. Um, and it was in 09. And again, to get to that point, I did so much work. And um, I was working, um, I was doing web development for an IT company at the same time. So I was working a day job and I was making comics at night with the hope that, all right, this image book, it's, it's image book. It's going to make, it's going to make a right. lot of money. And it sold 5,000 copies, which is great. It's still like the most, I, most of anything on an initial run I've ever personally, um, you know, sold, but it wasn't enough for me to leave my job again. And so came, come 2010, I was doing the writing, I was doing the coloring, I was doing the graphic design part of it, I was doing everything, and again, working a full-time job. So I was like, you know, I just need to take a couple months. I bought a house at that point too, so I was like, I need, I need to take a little bit of a break, right? I took a six-month break, and by the time I got back into it and I was ready to pitch um, you know, Jim Valentino again, my editor got fired. He pulled back from all of his books. And again, I look back and go, man, if I had just you know, forced myself to push myself over the line. But again, my thinking was, well, I made it. I finally made it. I'm at Image now. I have right. a publisher that's looking to publish my books. I can take the six months that I need to just kind of like decompress and get myself recharged. And, and I'll be able to like, you know, take advantage of this when I'm ready. And as opposed to when the moment was ready. And, and that's something that I kind of always think back of, but mind you, 20 years later, I'm in such a great spot. Uh, you know, I'm working with different comic book companies. Sire's still going strong. We're in Diamond this month. Um, and, and we'll be in, in Diamond the next, you know, every three months going forward. So I, got, I really can't complain when all is said and done. Just a weird, weird road to get here. <laughs> Just a weird road. Hey, man, like, it, it, there's definitely, there's always uh, the, the kind of looking back and like, ah, oh, if I'd have taken that left instead of that right. Yeah. And but like ultimately you are where you are. And granted, yeah. that may you know, for some people that may not be a bad that may not be a good place, but right. there is no way there is no way to go back. There's no way to undo you you got to push forward, but you just got to somebody I forget what it was. So maybe it was a TikTok or something I was watching. But basically it was uh the premise was, "Man, I wish I could go back like a year ago and tell mm -hmm. myself XYZ." Like I'd be so far ahead, and yeah. the other person that was in the room was like, "This is your message from X, you know, five years in the future. You got to start now." Right. And that was like, "Oh shit!" Like it, it wherever yeah. you're at, whatever whatever point in life you're at, like thinking about what you know what could have been, and you know, some other universe. Yeah, that's not gonna help anything. No, it's like, hey, how do I go forward? That's the that's the biggest thing. And that's the it's thing. Just, I, mean, you know I can definitely see like being if able you... to recognize the signs now. So again, yeah. I've been through it twice, and and quite frankly, I mean, what's what's kind of cool is I'm at that point now where I am so busy right now, and it's a good busy, and there's nothing wrong with that. Where there's part of me, it's like, oh man, I just want to take a breather. I need a breather right now. But I know because I've been there before. I'm like, no, I'm not going to have this opportunity again. We got We got to go full stream with it now. And 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 so at least there's that. At least there's learning from the mistakes. You know. So I want to ask you from from Sire to going into another book, how many issues had you put out? How many issues had been successful? And you were like, all right, now I can divvy up my time and do, work on something yeah, else. Yeah. So 
Sire was a six issue. Uh, it was actually two miniseries, uh, Sire and Sire Revelations. Um, I decided to do miniseries because number ones are easier to sell. Um, we got to the end of that second miniseries, though, and then we did the trade that collected all six. And Diamond was kind of like, all right, I think you guys, they, they even told us, like, we've reached a point where I think Sire has kind of reached its, its, its end. And the story had wrapped up by six to a point where there was a much larger story always to tell. But if this was all I was going to get, you could read it start to finish and you'd, you'd come away being like, all right, cool. I got it. I got a beginning, middle and end. So, um, so it was six issues. That was 08. Uh, that was the same year I, I uh, had gotten uh, a couple pitches at Zenoscope as accepted, and um, and so I did some grim fairy tales over th with them, which was which is awesome and um, great experience. And it, and at that same time, um, I got hired to do uh, coloring at a at Image through a book called M Theory, um, and. Basically, that kind of introduced me to Jim Valentino and uh, Chris Simon, who was my editor. And I kind of I emailed them. I said, hey, you know, I do coloring, but I actually I also do all this other stuff. And I sent them some Sire stuff to read. And I said, hey, can I pitch you? Is that OK? And they said, yeah, we'd love to we'd love to get your pitches. And they and obviously just being able to, to deliver a finished product on time, no problems working together. You know, people are going to do business with who they know, like and trust. And I was building that that know, like and trust curve with them. And. And then so um, at that point, it was the end of 08. And I said, I got this other book called Descendant. I co-created with a, another friend of mine, Marcus Perry. And um, we submitted and they said, yeah. And it was like, holy cow, we're we're making an image book, you know, and it's it's great. It was I mean, there were some bumps and bumps in the road on that for sure. But we 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 got the book out and um, super proud of the book, super proud of just um, you know, going back to the wizards, uh, wizard, you know, store, uh, when I was 10 years old, I waited in, in like January, January. Well, you're in Chicago, so it's same kind of weather January in New York back then, not anymore, but back then was super cold. And I waited for like Rob Liefeld's signature and Jim Lee's signature and Eric Larson. I think like the whole image crew was signing at the store. Uh, cause that was their whole big, like that was like 91. So they were like really you know, touring the country. And, uh, and I waited like for, for three hours to get their signature. And then you fast forward to 2009 and I'm at San Diego comic-con it's image United. So all the image creators were back together again. That. Um, and, and I was sitting at the same table with them signing copies of my book. So I thought that was, that was pretty that's awesome. Super cool. You know? That's super yeah. cool. That's, that's, that's a whole, that's a whole man. That's, that's one of those like, you can high five your 10 year old self and be like, we did it. Right. Did it. Like that's you, you win. You, that's a win right there, man. That's yeah. a win. When somebody, when somebody who you looked up to, somebody who you respect shares, like not, not even necessarily like directly yeah. interacts with you, but just like you're in the same space. And it's like, I'm you, a peer. You, yeah. When you make that realization, when you're like, Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm in the same position as these people. Like that's fucking awesome. That's a yeah. great, that's a great position. And uh, I, I feel like I'm still a little more fan than I am uh, a peer in the in the indie space right now because I uh, I don't have any product. Uh, I yeah. have I've I've been published in one little anthology uh, <laughs> that I I did the art on and it it is is bad like it's bad. <laughs> it's I, uh, well, I I I, I, mean, I realized look. a long long time ago that my art is not uh, going to be 
production ready. And right. maybe that could be different had I like kept going with it, like, you know, 20 years sure. ago. But I can't like if you were like gun to my head, draw a symmetrical superhero. Couldn't yeah. do it. It'd be I'd be like, just yeah. pull the trigger. There's not even there's no yeah. reason to waste our time here. Cause I can't. I, I've never tried no, so it's, a thing. it's I, I I start on one side and I like the one side looks good. Like I started there was I always go back to this because it's fu- funny as shit to me. I started drawing Ryu and his right half, Ryu through and through. Mm-hmm. Once I got to the left arm, cyborg. Had to had yeah. to go with a giant metal arm because I couldn't I couldn't no, make dude, it look it's good. Tough, I tried man. and I, I was I ran like, into nope. The same issue though. I still run into the same issue. I still flirt with the idea. Like I actually drew one of the issues of Sire recently. It's up. It's actually behind me. Sire number eleven, and there are some panels in there where I'm like, yeah, man, I can do this. And then there's so much where I'm like, nope, nope. And the amount of time it took me to draw that, it took me like a year to draw that. Can't come out with a book in a year. You got to come out with a book in thirty days. I ended up hiring two other artists who I'd worked with before to finish off 12 and 13 because I had backers that were still waiting for the book, um, which by the way, it's finally going out. We had a little printing snafu with the variant covers. So I'm just waiting for the variants to come in and then those, the books, the books can finally go out. Thank God. I got, I got the, uh, I got the digital and I got the digital of the, uh, of the volume. So I'm just going to be yeah. waiting for my, my physical volume trade for volume three. Yeah. It's, it'll uh, be in the mail. That's, is that it? Is that, <laughs> No, 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 no. Oh yeah. No, we, we've, so, um, so right now I work with two different companies now and, and, um, one is a digital startup out in LA. They actually bought my podcast, which was secrets of the sire. Um, back in 2019, I actually signed the dotted line February of 2020. It was like the last day of February in 2020. Um, so that's kind of funny. I was out at, I was at C2E2 in Chicago and, um, and so, so the process of COVID was actually kind of good for me with them, though, because I said, hey, look, I do all this other stuff. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we need you. So they brought me on as like a creative director um, to work to work with them. And it, it's it's a it's it's a fun thing being part of a startup. And there's definitely been some, you know, uh, hiccups along the way and just, it, you know, working with a startup. But it's it's also a startup with a different mission than just being a comic book publisher. They they do ebooks, They do uh, podcasts. They you know, they're trying to do all this kind of stuff. And the guy who runs it, you know, he's had some movies made, which is credentials enough for me. And, you know, so it, and, and, and I get paid. So it's a, it's a great thing. Um, yeah, that's called that. <laughs> no, yeah, I can't get I, like, I can't get ma- mad being paid to write comic books and to oversee be- comic books being made. Right. Um, but then Dren Productions, uh, which is where Sire is now, uh, is actually the brainchild of one of my college friends. Um, James Masia, who, you know, when he started breaking into the industry, we used to just share tables because it was cheaper to just do that. Right. Sure. And, um, and, and the irony is, you know, because I had kind of established myself to a point, you know, I was happy to extend the favor to bring him into things. Cause he's like, otherwise he's like, I'm not getting tables at New York comic-con. Can you get a table? Can I share space with you? And I'm like, of course you can. And, 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 you know, we would do those conventions for many years and then, right around 2015 is when we started dabbling in the Kickstarter stuff and 2016 also, but he took that to a new level and his book flesh eating cheerleaders. I mean, it makes ridiculous amounts of money on Kickstarter. He's got Poe murders, which is a great book. He's, he is super prolific, but he's also super like hardworking and he has built up this business and to the point where now um, he's like, you know, we should get into diamond and, and, you know, I have a book called Epicenter through him and 
we did a book together called Plan 59, which is in stores right now. And because I had the experience with Diamond, he's like, can you help me with that? I said, of course, I can help you with that. And um, and now everything we do goes through the comic book stores as well, too. So um, so it just made sense. I was like, you know what? This is the time to bring Sire back. Let's let's, you know, it, it, Sire had a home on Kickstarter and um, I made issue, you know, I, I would do issue seven, eight, nine, ten uh, on Kickstarter. I did the trade, the volume two trade on Kickstarter and then. I, I got ambitious in 2021 because we were all home with COVID. Like, what else are we going to do? I was like, I'm going to make a trade. I'm not even going to do single issues. I'm going to make three three issues in one, make a trade. Uh, and that was in 2021. And now the books are finally going out. <laughs> so that's hey. that's the lesson I learned again. Uh, don't be but too But there's ambitious. also, I mean, to, to be very fair to you, like this, the last two years, the biggest names have had printing or shipping or materials sure. issues so like it, it's it's not even something to 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 no really... and it's fine like look i'm i i like I, I have a track record the books are going to get made they're made actually they are literally made there's a box of the regular ones sitting in my in my uh, downstairs and i need you were just saying because the... when, when i was there on yeah. friday you were saying that it was coming to you at the show did they did it did it get there the the books yeah the 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 regular version is is it made it to my house and now i'm literally just waiting on the variants to come and because i don't want to send out some some books and not others but i think i'm gonna i think at this point i'm gonna cave uh because kablam is taking too long on the variants so i think i'm gonna cave and just start sending out the like the regular version so if you have a regular version i'm just gonna start sending it out because uh, i figured the variants would be like right around the corner but just they just keep getting delayed so i'm gonna i'm gonna just send out what i can and if, sure. you, if you picked up one of the variants you'll have to wait a little bit longer but but no the book the book's been living on kickstarter but now it's gonna live once again in diamond i'm gonna just do trades through diamond though i'm not gonna worry about the single issues uh as much because we have we're 13 issues we have um collectively we have three trades but that first trade is actually gonna get broken up into two volumes as well because it's two miniseries and that's the thing that sire origins is and that's never happened. I never collected the just the first three issues and just the first three issues of Revelations. So uh, you could order right now. And then come September, you'll be able to order Revelations. Come December, you'll be able to order Volume 2. And then come March of next year, you'll be able to order um, Volume 3, which you'll have actually already had. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. That's that's awesome. See, like I like that the process is there and it's – you stuck with this. I mean, clearly there's something about the sire for you that is like, this is the, I got to put this out. This is the big, yeah. like you're, you're, you're riding this one out till the wheels fall off. So yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, I created the character in sixth grade and I would take the books and I fold them together and I'd put staples in them, whatever. And I, and I'd make it and, and look, it's a, it, the early issues are what you would expect from a sixth grader. Um, but then as I got older, I kept making more and more comics. So I think, I was in high school and I had already finished like 30 issues. And, but then in high school, like from, you know, freshman year to, to senior year, obviously as I got older and I got a little more mature with what I was writing by the time issue, it was issue 60 that came out by the time I was a senior in high school came out. I say, I say came out, I, I drew it and my best friend read it. And that, that was my audience for that book hey. uh, because it was hand drawn. It was, there's one of a kind, there's only one issue. Um, but I remember by issue 60, I was like, Hey, you know, I think this is actually like a real story now. And, and by the time that had, had all kind of developed, I was like, Oh man, there's something here that I could really do something with. And I kept doing it through college. 
and I ended up finishing a hundred issues. And so, and I, and I gotta be honest with you, I reread all of them during COVID and I don't even remember writing half these things, huh. but I remember at one point being like, Oh yeah. Like, Oh, what's going to happen? Oh, I can't, Oh, I can't believe this guy. Oh. And I was like, wow. I, I actually was like a fan, like reading the book and I See, was like, that's super right. cool. I was like, there's gotta be something good here. So, and people still stick with it. So um, I'm grateful for them to do it. And so my, my, my goal, there's a, there's a specific point after issue, like from issue 60 to hundred where I don't even really have to um, do any kind of retconning or rewriting or anything like they, if I can just get to this, if I can get the story to what I got to in issue 60, which I'm trying to buy issue 25, Okay. of sire if i can get of like the real book whatever then i could really for almost verbatim just take what i already wrote have a professional professional artist draw it you know obviously beef it up if i have to modernize it if i have to fix things i have to if you know there's certain characters that i've created in sire that were in the weren't in the original book or were in the original book etc cetera, etc cetera. i'm like I, I i have this story that like me as a fan rereading my own stuff was it's kind of cool. Like, I think people kind of dig it. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it until, you know, until I can't, That's but now awesome. I can, I don't, there's, there's no reason not to at this point. No, especially in the marketplace as it is right. There's, there are so many ways to get your stuff out. Yeah. Um, I was just watching the, the global comics launch last week of their app, like the, mm -hmm. or the reveal rather. And, um, uh, it, it, there are so many ways to get your stuff out there. I mean, you already have the, the main line, right. To, 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 to diamond, with but, Kickstarter, though, that's all you need. It, it's just so it's so amazing to me that the industry like I grew up loving it's it doesn't exist anymore. And that's no. OK. It exists in a different format and there are different things and there are different pipelines and people have their silos and people have their and that's OK. Um, it's just it you just have to let go of like, all right, my 11 year old self that created all these books, you know, printing is not what it was. Marvel's not what it was image is not what it was everything has changed there's so many different things and and there's so many opportunities so you know what um just embrace what it is and and and, and kind of run with it and that's 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 my mindset right now it's i mean it's absolutely true there there are so many there are so many avenues to, to go down uh especially yeah. especially if you're somebody that is bringing part of the the formula right if you're if you're an anchor yeah. like if you're if you if you're just like really fucking passionate about lettering there are plenty of fucking people that need letters. Yeah, oh yeah. So you don't even have to wait for for your are, submission yeah. to to go to Marvel or to DC and hit the right set of eyes at the right time of day, you know, cuz that's the thing is that that era, especially mm -hmm. in like the early like like the mid 90s early 2000s when it was like big and like growing in popularity, the submission process was terrible. Like yeah. The, you had to like go through these very narrow pathways. And I've like, I've spoken with people who have like been on the track with Marvel or DC. Yeah. And then it's something falls apart. Oh, the editor they were yeah. talking to moved to a different department. That's now they it. can't make so that call. It's this whole thing. So the, the, the doing it yourself, like the marketplace is so rich now. And like the kind, I mean, the kind of shit that's popular in the indie space blows my mind because yeah. I'm like, this could never have been made. Like this could never have been made 20 years ago. 
no right. one would no one would have greenlit mm-hmm. this book. But this mm-hmm. is a fun fucking book. And I mean, mm-hmm. just and I think w- where you really see it is you look at something like uh, Wayne Family Adventures. It's a webtoon, but it is official DC. Yeah. They were like, make this thing that people seem to want, and that's it. People yeah. people read it, and that's and I, I don't. It might still be going. I don't know. Like that's not really my know. bag. So like I, I read a couple issues. And I was like, oh, it's cute, but like that's not really my bag. So I don't read it. Right. But it's like. The, the fact that we are in a position in the in the industry that we can basically have whatever we want. Like, if you want yeah, hardcore Batman, there's going to be a black label book for you to get a yeah. hardcore Batman where he's going to beat the crap out of somebody. And show you his penis. <laughs> until until they recall that issue. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what's funny? It's amazing you say that, too. I remember back, so again, going back to like 2010 is when Everything I work like all my networks just dried up. Like I was basically sitting there going, like I don't have anyone to pitch to. I don't have anyone that's going to give me a green light. This sucks. And again, I went into a little bit of a same. It's funny, history repeated itself. Um, I got very dejected, and, and I was kind of like meandering for two years. And again, it's like this little two-year block. And you know, around 2012, 2013, I was Darren Sanchez, and I I'd mentioned him before. You know, we were talking about like creating new properties, and we came up with a couple ideas and things like that. But we both at the time, you know, the idea, because he had self-published his stuff too, and through Diamond, I actually did it through his, you know, like originally Cyrus published through his company, After Hours Press. And I said, you know, we both looked at each other, we're like, you know, self-publishing, that's a step back. Like we, we've taken all these steps forward. We viewed it as right. a step back. And, you know, little did we know, you know, Kickstarter's right around the corner. Um, and the uh, the age of self publishing as a as an a viable entity of respect right. really you know was just around the corner i mean it's one thing if you start your own company like a zenoscope or boom studios or you know any of these companies that actually you know started their own company right and, and just see, just which is in. what dren is doing right now which I, which is what i'm so excited about i'm so excited about being a part right. of that um but yeah to us we we're like oh, self-publishing oh my right. goodness we already did that this feels like we're not moving forward and and blah 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 but you know again that's one of those things like you know just do the book just you know just keep making stuff because uh seth rogan had this amazing quote and i thought it was really cool and i have another quote that i actually i keep um, around my desk here too but seth rogan was talking about how uh he became he was the best student in his karate class eventually because eventually he was 16 years old and he was beating the crap out of 11 year olds. And then right. people would be like, be like, well, don't you feel kind of weird about it? He goes, no, I, I feel great that I stuck with it to the point where now I am the best person in this class. And I don't care if I'm beating up 11 year olds. I stuck with it. Everyone else left the class. Um, and, and Morgan Spurlock, there's a quote too, where he says, um, you know, uh, don't give up. I went to film school with some amazing, talented people who are now amazing, talented bankers and real estate brokers. They gave uh, up on their dream. If this is what you want to be doing with your life, then suck it up and be prepared to fail, but do everything you can to succeed before you know it. Um, your parents will be glad you didn't go to pre-med. <laughs> there, you know, I love that. It's like that, people that, I knew, be, you know, became very talented bankers and, and real estate that yeah, quote is is that I feel that quote so heavily when I wrote uh, just like yourself. Uh, the first thing I wrote, the first comic book I invented was mm-hmm. in uh, seventh grade. Uh, it was a blatant ripoff of Spider-Man. Oh, they're all. Uh, yeah. 
Oh, but, oh yeah. but I I will take forever and until the end of eternity, I will take credit for two things that happened at Marvel because I very much believe in like the universal <laughs> consciousness. Um my version, because that was right when the uh, black costume saga was on the Spider-Man animated series. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, but what if the suit was inverse? So you're welcome for uh, anti-venom. And, uh, and 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 wow, uh, that's cool. And I was like, but what if it's not an alien? What if it's like a suit that like a government thing made or like a secret project scientist made it? And it's like a battle suit. And you're welcome for ultimate venom. So uh, there you go. <laughs> So I, when I read that, because I never actually got to, I, I read like the first couple issues of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, but I never got to the Venom saga. But then later when I found out he was a suit, or like a made-made suit, I was like, oh, you motherfuckers are welcome. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh-huh. like the same thing happened when they uh, recently released, uh, when, they, when they announced the latest season of Dexter. It was like, oh, they're okay. going to bring back Dexter and like his son's in it, I found out. And I was like, yeah, I literally had it on my calendar to co- to come out after X amount of years. And if I was in a position to find the guy, find Yvonne and like film wow. a short about how this kid finds out that his father is the, the Bay Harbor Butcher. And I was like, when they said they were doing a new season, I was like, you guys are welcome. <laughs> like, See, this is, but, you know, it's funny. You, you bring up a good point, though. And look, the Sire's premise is a superhero forced by his own costume to fight evil. And, and even just recently, someone said to me, like, oh, like Moon Knight. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I mine was was mine came out 15 years ago. So, and they're like, oh, like Blue Beetle. I'm like, yeah, mine predated Blue Beetle by two years. So, you know, and I'm not saying anybody stole the idea. I'm no, just no, saying no. that ideas are going to come up. Because I don't think Moon Knight was like, I don't, he wasn't portrayed the way he is now back in the 90s and back in 70s. No. Like, no. He was just a dude in a suit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, the, the, the premise, the, the, the premise of it is very much altered and been modified over time. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. It's like when I started reading the sire, right? I, uh, I, when I first read the description, I was like, Oh, he's stuck in a suit. I was like, I feel a little venom like, but I'm like, but it doesn't look anything like it. And that's the last time I thought about that yeah. as I kept going, because I was like, this has nothing to do with it's anything more like about, that. it's more about like, what would you do if you had superpowers and, mm-hmm. and the whole idea of a comic book universe if you really boil it down, is absurd. Um, it's awesome absurdity, and I love yeah, it. Yeah. I love every second of it. But really, if I had superpowers, I wouldn't be climbing rooftops and going on patrol. I'd be like on TV, and I make a lot of money. And so, in my mind, it was always like, all right, how do I make a plausible superhero universe? And it's like, well, clearly, if it was me, I'd have to be forced into doing it. And so. That's that's where I kind of got it from, and 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 this character wants nothing to do with this because he's like everyone else would be. He doesn't yeah, want to be definitely. He definitely doesn't want anything to do with it. I like I like the stumbling over his words, like ah, you stop that there. Like, yeah. just, I love that. <laughs> like that. Like he just he, you know he doesn't have this innate idea of like what he's supposed to sound like, to, like a, as a point of authority and to stop a a couple dudes roughhousing with people. Like yeah, you, most people don't have that. Most people don't have this like. Quit that shit. Like they don't. Yeah. Most people don't want anything to do with other people's problems. Let's be yeah. real. Like and, most people. Likewise, too, like, likewise, the villains. You know, if you're a villain, right? You I love a bank, probably. I love the walk away. Oh, oh yeah. you guys to work for me. And he's like, eh, what are you doing? I'm leaving. I don't want to do yeah. this. I was like, that's fucking awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, 
No, and that's the thing. So I just, you know, the way I the way I constructed it is that this power that everyone is sharing right now, which is essentially what it is, um, that's giving them superpowers, um, and it all derives from his costume. It, it they're they're drawn to each other for a specific reason, and it's a larger reason. And and because if not, I, I just don't see it happen. I don't see it playing out the way it does in comic books. Like, um, I, I always laugh too because I, I look. The internet is the best and worst thing that's ever happened to humanity, and and part of it is. You know, you, you call out how, like, you know, Bruce Wayne is like, I want to avenge my my family and I'm going to really, I want to help the world. Great, you're going to invest your millions in, like, nonprofits. No, I'm going to dress up like a bat. <laughs> it's like, he, Listen, I will not stand for any Bruce Wayne slander. Bruce Wayne still donates a ton of money. He is I'm created, sure he does. He I'm has sure he does. But again, so what would money. you really do? Like, you wouldn't, like, you, you wouldn't go through all this, like, training and trouble and, like, you know, you just wouldn't. But, but I'm maybe, okay with it. Maybe he took Biggie's words and Biggie's warning to heart. Mo money, yeah. mo problems. So maybe. you gotta be able to handle your problems first. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean look, like I said, I'm a huge fan, so I'm not gonna I'm not upset about it. I'm reading Nemesis right now. Did you, have you seen Nemesis Reloaded? Um Mark Millar just re Oh no, I have Nemesis. not I have not read that yet. That's it's Pick like it up. Mark Mark Millar is just is just great at what he does. Um, yeah, 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 fantastic. It's scary good. It's scary good. But again, it kind of deals with the same premise, though, that the main character, something happens to his parents, and he goes through, like, when he was a kid, he goes through this amazing training, and I'm like, even even that, I'm like, damn, like, to to, to go through that, I, 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 like, I can't imagine. I can't imagine, like, someone sticking with it. Although, I guess, I mean, pro athletes are athletes when they're kids and stuff, but I don't know. I don't know. To me, to me, there's got to be a. I mean, even Seth something. Green. Yeah, I guess so, right? Even Seth Green <laughs> stuck with it, you know. It's it, yeah. it's. I think it's it's the potential is there. Like the theor like theoretically, it's all the potential is there. I think, uh, it, it's just the execution, right? I, I think in a world where, granted, you know, you gotta kind of retroactively apply the the rules of the DC universe, but like the JSA did exist, right? And and we do know from I don't know that they actually showed any of this in the early Batman comics. I mean, they were walking out of the Zorro film, but that's about the only like inference that we know that he was watching some sort of cape hero. Uh, but like on the animated series, they made a big point that you know the Gray Ghost. He watched the Gray Ghost, and that was mm -hmm. a big factor of his inspiration of like who to become, like this guy who seeks out to justice, and. Uh, like there, there is a like a line of influence in the DC universe, right? Because even even when there wasn't a Justice League, once you explain that there was a Justice League, you just got to accept that. My my uh, my right. rule for comics continuity is continuity is uh, what is always was, right? What it doesn't matter what they changed, what they say now is what it always was. You know, for for a little yeah. while, Norman Osborn and Gwen Stacy had children. And then someone came in and said, that's stupid. Here's what actually happened. So then Norman Osborn and Gwen Stacy never had children, right? Like it doesn't matter that for a long fucking time, we all thought that they, they did. And we call yeah, like a lot of people were hating on Gwen for that whole thing, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, it doesn't matter because like they changed it. Right. That, that was it. What it is now Wobbies was that's that's so when they said there was a justice society in world war two, the rumblings of that exist, right? Yeah. So Bruce would have heard about it, you know. So when 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 some tragedy happens, oh, you can, you know, in the back of his mind, you could you could put on a cape and do lots of justice. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's yeah. not like it's not this wild thing. Like in in our universe, when right. when I found out that real people dressed up and fucking went around and tried to like stop, like help people and just like stop like petty sure. fat, petty shit, I was like, that's fucking nut job shit. Like that is yeah. You put yourself in that much danger. Did you I, like? But I I don't. I'm not that guy, you know. You like, see that meme? It's like a video, and uh, there's like a riot going on. Maybe it's a peaceful protest going on, and then all of a sudden, like Batman shows up, like a guy dressed in as Batman. You're like, see, that's what I'm saying. If this is real life, that's just weird. Like that guy's crazy. He's dressed right. as Batman, right? Now, mind you, kick-ass looking Batman costume. He looked the part. Like he he was are, buff too. There are some very yeah. good that like the cosplay, like what it was like. Let, let's think about this. There was a section of the wizard website where it was, right. where it was definitely for cosplay was real. Not even cosplay. This is pre cosplay. This is the Photoshop yeah. porno images. Let's be honest. They were porno images that they Photoshopped skin tight body suits on. Oh yes. Yes. And I was like, I always felt weird about those. Cause I was like, why, what? Like, don't they make these like costumes for like Halloween and shit? Can't you just take regular photos of people? Like, <laughs> I was always so uncomfortable with those because I was like, "Why is this a thing?" Like, yeah. But now it's like the 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 level of detail that you see in people's cosplay is insane. I mean, that was totally printing and like the new techniques and shit. Like, I watched someone take just a mountain of foam and turn it into a fucking photorealistic gun from Halo, and I was like fucking hell like where mm-hmm. where is your your engineer shit brain like how how do you go from a to b like that's beyond me and that's why i love that shit that is the kind of shit where i'm like you will always have fucking a job like you would always have yeah. some way to make money because that is some yep. high level shit like god forbid anything happens where we need to we you know like you know post-apocalyptic kind of scenario that motherfucker's <laughs> making armor for real, for real. Like, yep. they're going to be like, oh, I got some seven pieces of wood, three pieces of metal. I'm going to MacGyver you a body armor out of this. Like, <laughs> like that's that's the kind of people we need in reality. Like, that, Oh, I'll, man. I'll be, hopefully not. Well, but... all these people are too busy making costumes rather than making, like, real, real <laughs> contributions to society. <laughs> hey, hey, entertainment is a very valuable contribution to society, especially now. I know, now. it's just, it's so much, there's so much of it out there, too. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what gets discouraging, too. I feel like, I feel as if, um, I mean, it, it used to be something really special though, that, that, you know, if you, if you had artistic talent or you could write and, and it still is a talent. Um, and it's not like you have to like own, you have to be a gatekeeper over it or anything like that. I'm just saying, it's just, it's interesting because now with all these programs out there, you know, to be an artist, you can click a button now So you know, to be a writer. I mean, you know, you can use chat GPT and, and, and there's, there's certain elements to it where it's it's getting it's getting harder and harder i think for truly talented people to stand out amongst people who want to be talented and look i can't even tell you how many times i've 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 backed i've backed like i don't even how many kickstarters i've backed i backed a lot of kickstarters right and i get them and i'm super excited for them and i read them and i'm like man this just just wasn't very good like there, there like are definite, there are definite gaps in the self-published space. There are definite gaps. Some are in writing. Some are in editing. Uh, some are in art for sure. I think art is probably the one that I am the most forgiving with. Knowing, yeah. like, being someone who is actively looking to hire an artist, like I have a script that I need an artist for, and knowing what those numbers look like. 
I can understand where a lower number might be like, well, I don't need it to look exactly the way I want it to. My problem is that I'm a fucking asshole and I refuse to have it not look like the way I want it to look. So <laughs> like I had someone do a legit free full page fight scene sample of my characters. And I was just like, I don't know. The torso is a little too thick. Free cost me zero dollars, mm-hmm. but in my brain, I'm like, this this needs to look a certain fucking way, and it's like, yeah, seventy percent there, but it's not it's not a hundred percent there, and I need it to be a hundred percent there, and that's no, I, probably I, I gonna delay that. me. That's probably gonna delay this fucking project. Like I said, I the script is done. I've shown the script to to, to artists, and they read the first page and they're like, you need to make this fucking book. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, all right, all right like. Give me 10 grand. Like, I need, yeah. you know, I need the money to fucking pay artists because it's very much a situation. I mean, like yourself, like you have, you you went ahead and you paid somebody to do the first couple books. You paid somebody else to do a couple books. And then you were like, yeah, I'm going to go back and do this. I'm going to do it myself. That became a bigger challenge. And I feel you on that. I, I added a new section in the magazine in this last issue that I dropped uh, a couple weeks ago. And mm-hmm. I want I want people to like, like I, I remember like the word, the, the letter art, was always fucking cool to me but also just the the like fight scenes and all that other shit like just having the like art that was unique to wizard issues like this issue of wizard has this art no one else no no other issue of anything has this art and i always thought that was so fucking cool so i was like i want to try to like create the section where people send in like homage like sketch versions it doesn't have to be fucking full cover but like homages of wizard covers and I was oh, like, that'd man. be so fucking cool. Um, so that I I sketched out my buddy Mike's my my friend Mike's um uh character Sissy from his series, okay. uh, who was on the first issue cover. Like I paid him for to do the cover for the first issue of, of Catalyst. And uh I was like, I want to do like I think she would I think she would actively try to make the pose of Spider-Man from that first issue of wizard cover, like that sure. ridiculous jump pose. I was like, she would do that. Like, cause she'd fucking see it as a goof. So I'm like, I'm going to sketch that out. It took me a full fucking day of like sketching <laughs> and then like editing and multiple layers and all this other shit. Yeah. Just to get a sketch done. I was like, this is somebody's yeah. loose warm-up sketch that takes them 30, 40 seconds. It took me an entire fucking day. I'm like, this is why I can't draw, do the art. <laughs> like to make something it's that I think though. is reasonably acceptable. I'm looking at it like, all right, this took me four fucking hours. This, I can't be the one to do this. <laughs> like, no, and that's, it's true though. It's true. It's, you know what? It's um, some folks. And, and look, I don't mean to say like the work wasn't great and blah, blah, blah. And, and like, so I would never back them again. I would. I would. I'd back a lot of these folks again because I want to see the progression. Um, But I also know that some of these books that got that are like super successful and you and you read them and you're like, man, this would have gotten cut from Diamond 20 years ago. They wouldn't even accepted this. Uh, There was just different. There was a different level of standard for what a professional comic is. And there's good and bad in that. Right. I mean, there's bad in the sense that like some awesome prop projects or, or books that don't fit a traditional mold. Oh, yeah. You know, weren't getting published or weren't getting seen back then. But then on the flip side, you're like, yeah, but you know what? These gatekeepers had a point with like 70 to 80 percent of the books that we see on Kickstarter now that are being funded. It's like these books aren't like just they're not professional books. It's um, right. That that's definitely there is there is, I feel, an indie look. Um, 
there is there is like a there's like three or four different indie looks as far as visuals right and that when i see the the thing that really bothers me when i see the indie look in a marvel comic when i flip open a marvel comic and i'm like hey that's not the fucking cover artist. So that shit always bothers me. Cause that's mm-hmm. like the entire Zenith. Like I know you work for them. So I, I'm going to try to keep my slander of Zenoscope to a minimum, but like my, that's my okay. entire fucking problem with Zenoscope is that like, they make these like super dope cover artists do their covers. And almost none of those people work on the inside of the fucking books. And that pisses the Correct. shit out of me. <laughs> like they, they have built an entire company on selling dope images of tits and ass. Yes. And then the inside yep. is like just fine. Like it's good. It's like yes. fine art. But what it reminds me of is it's it's this very it's like a very homogenized look. Like everything kind of looks the way it looks. Uh and it reminds me of like late 90s, mm-hmm. like super early 2000s DC. Cause I remember right before they brought on Ed McGinnis onto Superman, I remember thinking, all of these fucking books look the same, except yeah. When Scott McDaniel's doing something, when Scott McDaniel's doing something, that book is fucking dope because it looks different. He's got a different style than every other fucking artist at DC at the time. But it's like at the time, like I liked Howard Porter shit, but it really felt like everyone was trying to be Howard Porter. So it all just kind of ended up looking the same. And I'm like, yes, cool. Like it all looks fine, but none of it's great. And when there was that era when Superman was fucking electric. There are mm-hmm. some artists that would have destroyed that look and would have been so fucking dope, but they never brought on anyone that wasn't fine, <laughs> like just fine and like generic looking. All the all of those books were drawn by people who just made fine art, like it was just fine. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's definitely something to that. So like, uh, but like in the indie space, I'm personally I'm super forgiving of art if the story's good, if the story's interesting, um, I I will like basically ignore the art because i'm gonna keep going back to this example because i like uh i have got the two anomaly books up here from okay. Hay- and like brian haberlin right like fucking dude knows dudes like he knows people he's got sure, people sure. on payroll and i actually just got i don't know it's over here somewhere i've got i got the stone fucking uh, uh omnibus right uh which like you know fucking will say like that's that's a whole different situation but like he knows people and i opened that book and it's like kind of generic photoshop painted style and i was like eh but then like within a couple pages i didn't give a shit because the story was interesting because haberlin's a good fucking writer so like (laughs) right so it's like i i will forgive like meh to even bad art like there is there is an x-men uncanny x-men issue from 1998 Uh, and i'll never forget it because it was like we it went from an era of fucking joe mad to okay. fucking to to Chris Bacallo, and there was a there was two issues. One, the art was good. Um, I forget who it was, but it was it was good art. Uh, it was like a Cecilia uh, solo story. And then the second, the next issue, they like brought on four dudes to just like try to try them out. Yeah, and so it was different art on almost every other page, <laughs> and. <laughs> Most of it was not good. Not like good one, yeah. one, granted, one of those people I'm pretty sure was Paul Smith and his artist Paul Smith. So yeah. like it's different, you know, but like a couple of them were just like not good. No. But like the story to this day, I think 
I think that was supposed to be Sunfire. Like, I still think about that fucking story to this day. Because there was, like, a, a, a mutant in a box that ended up going to Department H. And I'm not 100% sure that they ever resolved that story. And that's the kind of shit that, like, keeps rattling around in my brain. Like, I, I, I know, think about... That's the problem with Marvel, though, these days. And DC and... Well, I, I've never been a big DC guy, so I can't tell if it's a problem there or not. But... I've lost track of the history now. I used to I used to know the history up and down. Um, but you were the I research guy. You had to. Well, yeah, I guess so, right? <laughs> but no, but like I could, I mean, even even going as far back as like maybe 2010, 2011, I could tell you the history of everything. And and then, you know, everything else just seems, they, they've just, you know, they, they restart books and start books and restart books and start books. And it's like, oh my God. And everything's, everything's a crossover. Um, you know, just terrible, you know? The the, like, the everything's a crossover is definitely frustrating, especially when it's bad crossovers. When it's when it's um Civil War Two, when it's fucking Secret Empire. Like yeah, Secret Empire very much felt like a book that they wrote half of, what like went and did other shit for a while and then came back and they were like, how are we gonna end this? Oh yeah, Steve comes back to life from where? Yeah, mystery dimension. What the fuck do you mean? Like he never died. <laughs> like Steve never fucking died. So yeah. like that that shit never made sense to me. Like to this day, I I will not forgive fucking Nick Spencer for that shit. But like it, it when it's a big ass crossover like that, mm-hmm. when it's executed well, and see a uh, uh, Judgment Day recently, fucking really good shit. And the way they played some of the books to like where Wolverine was because he had to go fight fucking Craven and the North Pole in the Wolverine book and then he shows up in X-Force but like he walks into the story in X-Force with his outfit from the fucking Wolverine story the like mm-hmm. Antarctic outfit and I was like the little fucking details that's all I need I don't need a whole half issue explaining where he was he's walking in he's got to take off this heavy ass bit, bit bulky ass coat and it looks like the one from the other book cool that happened we know where he's been so like that's all like it it really doesn't take a lot to make these big ass crossovers make sense and to make them all kind of gel but a lot of times right. like with uh, uh um empire that was very much a hit or miss um like there's just these pieces where like this one story is kind of whatever it's kind of unrelated i mean yeah even- even going back to one of the greatest, I say that somewhat sarcastically, one of the greatest crossovers in Marvel of all time, Onslaught, the Peter Parker Spider-Man book, okay. he hit some Sentinels. And like, yeah, it's part of the crossover, but like, is it? Yeah. It doesn't affect uh, the main story. It's like, it's it, granted, that does serve to show us that, oh, this is a bigger universe and thing, things are always happening. So like he's fighting, you know, he's fighting these sentinels that are caused by onslaught. So like this thing is happening even while he's doing this other stuff and he's dealing with clones and shit. That was, by the way, that's when I started reading Spider-Man. <laughs> what, with the clone wars? Oh yeah. Yeah. The clone saga. When I started reading Spider-Man, uh, uh, Ben Riley was my Spider-Man. Ben Riley was wow. Spider-Man. Uh, I walked in knowing fucking nothing. And then Peter and Mary Jane were married, which like having watched the show, like I saw that, direction so like it made sense that they were married but then like she's pregnant but now you're telling me peter's a clone and then a couple issues later he's not a clone but I'm like but wait wasn't there a whole issue where he was dying of clone degeneration what was he dying of then god damn it so, do you know what's funny like they actually said though um their plan with that was to just have like a few issues with the clone stuff 
And then eventually it would just go back to normal and status quo. But then the books were selling so good that they just, they were like, we got, I guess we got to keep going. And I, granted, I don't know how much of this is true. So I want to put that little disclaimer out there. But from what I've seen is that I think it was Macchio was the editor of the spider office. Mm -hmm. He saw how well the Xbox were doing because that's what the, the Xbox did in the nineties is they did well. Of course. <laughs> that's, that was the, that was the fucking series. And he just really wanted to beat them. So he's like, this shit is selling. Keep going. They're like, oh, but we were going to be yeah. done next month. Doesn't matter. Figure it out. And they just kept yeah. like two or three times that happened. And that's why there's like two or three times where it feels like a natural stop to the story. But it's like, ah, we're going to drag it out for six more. Yep. <laughs> like it's it's a wild, wild fucking adventure. But it's like it made me love Ben Riley as Spider-Man. And I felt like especially with Spider-Man animated series and then going into Spider-Man unlimited, which was like kind of a success successor of it. It made sense that he would get married to Mary Jane. They would have a kid and Peter Parker would fucking retire. So I was like, Oh, new guy, still Peter Parker, but not Peter Parker has, has his own, his own line of adventures. We can keep going with him. And then they fucking kill him. And I was like, what the fuck? And then when they brought him back the first time he was a villain and they brought him back a second time lost his memory but then blames peter parker for it's i was so mad when when they revealed that the jackal the first time around that the jackal was ben riley i was like you sons of bitches because like <laughs> part of part of peter's motivation every once in a while a writer would like touch on it part of peter's motivation ever since 1996 was that that was his brother and his brother fucking died sacrificing yeah. himself to save his life so that was like two deaths on his conscience and every once in a while you get a writer that'd be like oh yeah this guy has like these massive deaths and and gwen obviously so like these massive fucking deaths on his conscience so that's why he does what he does and then right. there was like then a couple writers didn't talk about it. And the next guy, you know, fucking was it, was it dance lot? I don't know who it was, but like somebody brings it back and it's fucking as the Jackal. And I was like, who the well, fuck? Yeah. And when it was, when they said the Jackal, I was like, Oh my God, Miles Warren is back. That's crazy. Right. Cause I was like, this should be interesting. And then he takes his fucking mask off and it's Ben. I was like, why fucking why? Man, you, you, uh, you know, a little bit more than I do at that point with, with all that stuff. Cause I got lost in the weeds with that storyline. It's, you know? I mean, it's, it's a, it's an insane story. I mean, like, plus when you bring in, <laughs> when you bring in all the secret war shit and it was like, oh, we, yeah. we, we undid the fucking ultimate universe, but then also still saved some of those people and brought them over to main universe. Yeah. Then uh, did you ever, did you read a, well, no, if you haven't read since like 2010, uh, so, no, 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 I've read. I'm, okay. I'm, I did you, actually did you read Ultimate Zeb Wells storyline. I got to be honest, the Nick Spencer storyline. I stopped reading because I thought it was so bad. Like, just his books were were just hey, but bad he, but he, but he but he saved us from that fucking uh, 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 Norman Osborn and and Gwen Stacy had babies, so he can have that. I'm, I'm gonna let him have that. Oh, he, did he? Because yeah, I stopped reading his run at the yeah at the end of that. It's like that whole like false history. The kids okay. were the kids turned out to be robots and. Uh, the memories were like implants. It was okay, like, good. yeah, they, like, so like it never happened. Never fucking happened. Good. And I, I, I read that. I was like, good. That is good. Like, that made every, me, that, that redeems every, it for me. Everything yeah. else aside, that is good. That is the correct yeah. method. But it's like, uh, did you read the Ultimates after Secret Wars? Which, First of all, uh, Secret Wars barely ever came out. I did it. Are we still waiting on the last Secret War book from Hickman? Because no, no, that I all feel, came out. That all no, came I out. No, I know. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm just. Was like, it delayed? I don't that remember. Took, that took forever to come out. 
oh, I don't... Uh, Secret Wars. And it was supposed to revamp everything. And it just... It, it, like, here's the thing. Sense. It did. But then they just... They fucking... They fucking... Like, with, especially with Spider-Man. That's the thing that... And I've talked about this before on the podcast. Spider-Man... The Spider-Man, like, inevitable reset pisses me the fuck off. Like, after the... After this... The... the up leading up to it with with uh, uh slots run he had peter like join horizon labs and he was like mm-hmm. working and like he had brought a couple yeah. of the people in on the secret and like made sense i was like he's evolving as a fucking character this guy is actually gonna put his science to to fucking use and then after yeah. secret wars oh it's been like i guess x amount of time or whatever the fuck happened but he's running his own company like he's got a right He's a competitor to Stark. And I was like, that's wild, but okay, let's go. And he's dating Bobby Morris. And I was like, all right, all right, let's let's do this. And then fucking Spencer brings up fucking uh, Secret Empire. And to save everyone who's wearing the fucking, his fucking watches, he dumps the entire company. Yeah. Makes everyone lose their jobs. And I'm like, oh man and it's like oh okay so now everyone's gonna fucking hate him okay cool so he's down on his luck broke and alone peter parker we're back to square zero yeah and i fucking hate that because they do it all the time and that's what happened with this the illusion of change yeah they they open this first run with oh he did something terrible have you read the latest issue i haven't read it yet but i've seen so many tweets and fucking tiktoks about it i know what happened and it's wild yeah well, I mean, the Zeb Wells run so far. I'm on. I'm on issue 22. So I, I'm. A oh, you're a couple. You're a couple behind. Okay. Okay. I'm not gonna say anything. Um. Uh. But I'm digging. I'm digging his run so far. I mean, I. I dig, you're not I gonna. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. <laughs> Look. Okay. Don't. I, I will tell you. Don't get on. Don't get on Twitter and don't get on TikTok for the next few days until you get, get caught up because. Done. It's going to get ruined for you because I I like swiped up on tiktok and they were like let me tell you what fucking happened and i was like oh shit <laughs> so uh i haven't even had a chance to read it myself yet but it's like it's a it's a wild situation uh spider-man latest issue i think it's 24 i'm gonna, I'm gonna google it right now <laughs> this is a full spoiler podcast so anyone watching or listening uh you've been warned <laughs> oh man I, I mean i'll tell you i'll tell you because like no, don't tell me. I'm okay. I'm just looking at what issue. I'm oh, okay. Oh, okay. How far? How far behind am I? Let me see here. I think if you're on twenty, I think it's twenty four today. All right, so I'm I'm pretty close here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not too far. It's just, it it's like. The the mystery Nick Lowe told me not to do any comic book conventions after this issue comes yep. out. Yep, and that's that oh, was so smart. it came out on Wednesday then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yesterday. I guess it's okay. Thursday, isn't it? Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, like that's, and that was great advice. That was genuinely great advice because the way people are reacting, like I'm not that deep into it, but I, even I'm pissed off. Like somebody was like, okay. after, after Zeb Wells, who do you want to write Spider-Man? And I literally, I responded on Twitter and I said, I'll fucking do it for free. You don't have to give me credit. You can put whatever pseudonym you want on it. I definitely give a Issue shit 26. More. Okay. So I'm not that far. Oh, okay. 26. So, right. And I was like, I definitely care more and know more about Peter Parker than this motherfucker right. because, like, I don't don't give me any credit. I'll do it for free. Give me like six issues, Marvel. Like, I will do it for free. You could put Stan Lee's name on it. I don't give a shit. Like, put whoever name you want on it. <laughs> like, just just to wipe the stain of that because that was the way he set it up. And I, I I won't I won't lie. The mystery of it was like what happened. It was very interesting. The resolution is. Stupid. All right. 
All right, you 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 got me. You, between that and the Mandalorian season finale, I got I got I got my work cut out for the rest of the night. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's that's that's. I'm I gotta still watch that season. I'll be honest. I watched Bo- Book of Boba Fett. It's fine. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't I, bad. I, it just wasn't I, great. I think I I think it's possible that I may not like Star Wars enough to watch all of it. Mm. And it's a little disappointing because like there are certain things I like about it. But it's like I I was not in any hurry to watch yeah. Book of Boba Fett. I genuinely don't know if I want to watch, uh, uh, uh Obi Wan Mandalorian. I've watched the first two seasons of Mandalorian, yeah. but it's like eh, season three. Eh. Like I I don't have the impulse for it. Whereas like you know what Star I'm Trek, I gotta it. see I know the it ASAP. Hates it, but. I'm in, I've been enjoying it. The last episode was great too. I mean, not the one that happened on Wednesday, but the one before it was great too. But but even that, like everyone's like, oh, it's down. It's not quite what it was. And I'm like, I feel like it has not changed. It's been it's been exactly what it's been. It the thing is, especially with a, with a lot of fans, Star Wars fans, I feel a lot more than most fans. But with a lot of fandoms, um, they have an expectation of what it is, and they refuse to accept any yeah. other alternative. Uh, that's yeah. what I mean. That's what there are people right now because, like, about a month ago, they announced that the next season of Star Trek Discovery was going to be the final season, and there are there are people who, in season, like in not even halfway through season one, where they were like, "This is going to be canceled. Two seasons at most. This is good. This is garbage. This is going to be canceled." They sure. are now after five seasons saying, "See, I was right." Well. The internet's not real. We we just gotta it's, go. We, so, like this, this is a good conversation we're having because we're real people talking to each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, no, the internet's not real. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because there, there is, there are people who put on there a lot. Who bigger internet airs. very well. It's they true. really do. Yes, there are folks that that can do it really well, and they get it. They got the memes and the and uh, you know they got the lingo and the, and they and they they figured out where they need to stand politically to be accepted by whichever group that they want to be accepted by yeah like they they know how to do it those people are not real people though they're just not they're the people that would that You're right. if they if they were like in convention somewhere and you met them wouldn't say a word to you because that's what the internet's for anonymity and uh just being able to hide you might, you're right you're right you're right you're definitely not wrong you're not wrong and it, it goes it goes as far and it's not even just the internet because it's just media in general because we it know go- this though yeah we know this because everyone's like i don't understand how this could have happened everyone on the internet told me this movie was going to be a smash hit and four people showed up and everyone wow this movie came out of nowhere but they weren't talking about it online avatar is the is the highest grossing film every single time it comes out right there's only been two of them but it's always huge yeah i don't know a single fan they're not really vocal on on you know twitter they're not really vocal on instagram you know or Facebook. what you are right because i follow a couple people that are like the movie people yeah and it's like they talk about it while it was new and then they don't really talk about it no more because they have their favorites right my guy Nathan, he talks about like some like criteria. He loves the Criterion Collection. Like he's he's like a he's a heady dude. He also likes some weird movies. He recommended a movie that I still don't understand, and I'm still kind of mad that he made me watch. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's like a movie about movie making, and it's it's fucking insane. Um, it made two point three billion dollars, but I yeah. don't know a single person I... who's talking about it on Twitter. So somebody, <laughs> unless it was James Cameron, secretly buying tickets. 
No, no, no. I'm not it, actually going to dismiss because he's got a lot of money. Uh, to be fair, I laughed when he said it needs to make two billion or we can't make five of them. <laughs> which is which is like the he's he the only it. person in existence that could make that statement yeah and it even be remotely considered real because no one else can guarantee a billion dollar movie but pretty much james cameron can yeah <laughs> because what was it uh, uh uh he spent 200 or 300 million dollars on titanic and yeah. when when we heard in what 1997 or whatever that titanic cost 300 million dollars we were all like that's crazy who would spend that much money on a movie and then that movie made like some obscene amount of money and it, they still put it out in theaters and it still stands up because it's made very well yeah. um uh and uh but like when he said two billion i was like no he's fucking crazy because like this movie came out 10 fucking years ago no one gives a shit about this franchise but then i underestimate like i am a person who is like connected to shit like tech and shit so like i get the little like holy crap what a, what an innovation right like i watch there's a weekly show on sure. uh, uh on on youtube where they talk about like cg and like the innovations in cg and that shit like i love that shit i think it's really cool because I'm a, I'm a process junkie so like i love seeing that shit so for me I knew it was going to look great. I I watched yeah. them break down the first trailer and talk about like what the technology they used to make the water look the way it would. Like, so I understood like, Oh, it's going to look dope. And I forgot, like I underestimated that most people don't fucking do that. So for most people, <laughs> this is just the most beautiful film they've ever seen. So they told yeah. all their fucking friends, like it's fucking great. You got to go see, why, see it. I can see where the first one move, making the money because yeah. again, it was technologically, it was the first like 3d film that was legit 3d back then. And, and yeah. like, you know, I mean, it, hell, it when awesome. I saw it on a big screen TV, I was like, I see why that movie was popular. Cause I was, yeah. I was the contrarian back then. I was like, Nah, I'm not gonna go see that movie. Everyone says it's great. It it can't be that great. I was yeah. I was like the cool guy. I was like, nah, I'm not gonna go see it. Uh, so when when eventually yeah. I got a chance to see it on TV, I was like, eh, I can understand why people wanted to see this in theaters. Yeah. Like, so yeah. that's why when this one came out, we were like, nah, we're gonna go, and it was great. And it it, it the problem is for me, like we were talking about earlier, I'll forgive art when the story's great. And mm -hmm. the visuals in this film are so incredible. Yeah. But I do not care about a single fucking character in that. I realized like all the way at the end of the film, I finally like gave a shit about one character, like what happened to them. And I was like, oh, wow. Like usually I give a fuck about a lot of characters. Cause like usually they're presented in such a way where I'm like, I make a connection and I understand them. No, like I didn't give a fuck. I was just like, oh, that looks fucking awesome. That's great. You know, great graphics, wonderful. When they did the fucking rain fight, I was like, that's really dope. Like the fucking footage, like it looks so real. Like it's still, right? But the story, mm -hmm. what the fuck's the story in the movie? I don't know what the story in the movie is. But it was like the last second of the like setup for the next one, I didn't give a fuck. I didn't care. I didn't care if it never came out. Like in a Marvel thing, like, I'll be honest, the CG in She-Hulk wasn't the best CG Marvel's ever done, but I didn't expect it to be, so I don't give a fuck. I was entertained by the show. But I wanted to know more than anything what happened with the Hulk. So, like, the, the, the setup was like, give me more. G give me another one right now. I don't draw it. I don't care. It doesn't have to look good. <laughs> like, just have, yeah, Mark, yeah. just have Mark Ruffalo act out all the Hulk scenes without CG. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'll watch it regardless. Like, because I don't 
I, I, I'm like, I'm invested in the story. So I don't care about the graphics. Whereas with this, the graphics are great. Like it's beautiful. And that's a lot of indie, like the indie stuff suffers in that fashion is like there are people who have great fucking art and it's beautiful right great covers they've got six fucking covers by top names and then you get into it and you're like it's kind of fucking boring like this is a boring story this doesn't really (laughs) go anywhere right like it's i'm not really i don't i don't care about these characters i don't really but it's like there are books like i'll be honest uh uh, such a ridiculous concept sasquanaut sasquatch astronaut that's all I really need to say, honestly. That's a win right there. Yeah, really. Like conceptually, I'm in. That's a win. And the art was good and the writing was good and it was entertaining. And I read the first issue and I was like, I need to it. buy this book it, automatically. Like first issue, I was like in. And I'll be honest with you. And I, I, I'm very straightforward with people. I do not blow smoke. That is how I felt about Sire. I, this is the, I'm going to close it out with this because I think it's hilarious because <laughs> the timing is great. So I have all of this shit behind me, right? Sure, sure. I get uh, a choice paralysis because I'm like, ah, what should I fucking read? So what I do is I I, I roll dice and I, where's my fucking coin? It's over here somewhere. I, oh, here it is. I, I recently got this coin from a, from a, from a Kickstarter and I flip this coin okay. to choose prose or cool, comics and then I choose digital or physical. So I ended up with digital. This I did this Saturday, I think. Or no, no, no last week. Okay. Last week, Wednesday. I've ended up with digital. I have 260 folders in my indie comics digital collection because I, wow. I have it by like company name or art or creator name if they don't have a company name. And I rolled dice. I had it's and it's on TikTok. There's a video like I, I had uh, the, the internet, the internet chick. I had her <laughs> roll, roll dice for me and it landed on Sire Studios. And Boom. I picked out and I started reading it because I was like, oh, as I was wondering, because now that I have the physical and the digital, I was like, which is going to get which is going to go into the rotation first. And it ended up in the rotation. So I started reading it last week. And it's weird because for whatever reason, I don't like I have have my tablet with me at work. I just it's like I don't have the fucking push in my brain to to read. Yeah, yeah. But it's like I read the first one and I was like, this is really good. And then like something happened at work and I had to go back to work and I just didn't grab my title tablet for the rest of the day. So I think this was like Thursday or Friday or whatever. And then I read the the other one yesterday. And then today I kept looking at the tablet, but it was like something was happening at work. So like somebody was talking or something like something was just like pulling me away from I like yeah. didn't, I never even touched it. But like the first two issues I read them, they're fucking solid. They're really fucking solid. That's why I, I'm I'm very honest with this. Uh thank it, you. It's very it's like entertaining it has all the elements of like this i was trying to like verbalize this because i was like it has all the elements of like a cool superhero story where it's like you have the the reluctant hero you have the like the the nosy reporter who knows too much the like mysterious bad guy who's out to get him but might be useful we still don't know i still don't know yeah it's like and i like i said i really genuinely love the you have the 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 fucking odd couple villains, like you know, criminals, not even villains. Sure, sure. One dude is like, yeah, let's fucking cause chaos. I got powers now, bitch. This is my fucking villain name. And the other guy's like, I'm gonna fucking go. I don't. This is not my shit. Yeah. I'm gonna go. Like, <laughs> that was a great moment. I was like, that's like that feels real. It like it it makes it very understandable because it's like there are crazy people, and it's like um, it's the thing that I was complaining about, like fucking especially honestly especially with dc movies 
they make all the villains like relatable like can we just have a bastard and that's what yeah. lightning the lightning dude i don't even know if he, yeah. he gave himself a name what was it do you perilous Para, yeah Para, right because i thought because i think it's paralyzed right is, is, is that how it's supposed to be said is that how he's saying it yeah because i was like it's paralyzed i'm like but he's a jackass and he would spell it that way it's yes. like that's how no, i read exactly. it i was like yep. he's a jackass and he would spell it like weird and uh i was like that's fucking great i was like he gave himself he's like what the fuck are you talking about i was like that's our, that's my name where we got powers now we're villains this is awesome and i was like that dude is nuts that is a cletus cassidy like joker motherfucker like this is an irredeemable bad guy and the other he'll dude's be, like he'll be back uh very much so in volume three so you'll you'll get a whole bunch of him in sweet, there sweet sweet and so, volume two actually it's 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 a it's a it's a through line there's um yeah, there's stuff happening, so it's 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 gonna be good. I'm 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 psyched for it, honestly, because like I like I said, I read the first two issues, uh, and now I literally downloaded volume three yesterday. So like now awesome. I have the whole run digitally, and uh, I can just read straight through because that's that's what I do. When whenever something ends up in the the rotation, I read everything that I have. Like I I had fucking seven volume or six volumes of uh of Monstrous, which outstanding fucking indie book. Cool. Um, although it's hard for it's hard for me to like call it image books truly indie anymore like image like it's got the they eye are. on there like boom they still are like it's a power rangers comic indie that's weird no <laughs> not power rangers i guess you're, i guess you're right yeah. there's like there's like branding behind it like berserk is not an indie comic like when you have fucking uh keanu reeves on there like that's not an indie comic <laughs> that's not an indie book <laughs> So that's why I like it's, it's, it's a great weird. book though. Have you been reading that too? I have not. I'm waiting for my fucking hardcovers. It's I have really the digitals, good. but I, I got the like holy shit hardcover set, so I'm waiting okay. for those. Uh, but no, it it's, it's 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 like I, I I sit down and I read through. So I'll be reading through the entire run. Awesome. Uh, and you are releasing those through Diamond. The, it, volume one is volume one is orderable now. Yeah, Sire Origins. Uh, it collects the first three issues plus some never before seen content. So there's some extra so, stuff in there for folks as well too who so might have picked everything buy it up. Again. <laughs> yeah, no, do it, do it up, and then uh, and then three months from now, Sire Revelations, same thing. We'll, we'll put in some new content as well too, um, just to get just to keep uh, people, you know, there. But then Volume Two will be the Volume Two you have through Kickstarter. I, I'm gonna just because I, I think the rest of the world really hasn't experienced it as much unless they've seen me in a convention or they back the Kickstarter. So. Uh, and then we'll be we'll be going from there. We're we're good through uh, basically a year from now. We'll have sire content in stores. So pretty excited. Fuck about yeah, that. fuck yeah. I love to hear that. The only other thing I would request because I make this request of everyone, especially Please. since you have that fucking you have that backlog of process. You've got those old comics. Yeah. Scan all them shits, and I want a hardcover. Yes. I want a hardcover, and I want to I want to be able to see those. That needs to be like a omnibus hardcover uh, of that includes that old art that includes your original that shit would be so fucking dope or like a separate like origins or i don't know something call it something else you know but i want to i i'm i'm a guy who fucking loves that shit like i've got this is, i got three sketchbooks right there <laughs> like that whole yeah. th literally most of this shelf over here is sketchbooks so like awesome. that's my shit like i love process and uh th just like having that story with it the and like to give some like director's commentary next to it, like, oh, these are the three issues that make up the first issue or whatever, you know, however it came out. Like, that's the kind of shit that people like myself, and there's a lot of us, we love that shit. So I, I would love to see it. Yeah. I, so it's something I've definitely been, 
it's not even just like thinking about it. It's like, I know I have to do it. Like I have to. It's so, such a, it's to, I mean, like how many people still have that? I would get kill, done. I would kill to have my original notes for my original version of my book. Would they're, kill for it. Like, where are they actually? They're in this bin over here. They're waiting. It'll happen. I, I can't wait. It'll happen. I can't wait. <laughs> Well, folks, uh, that has uh, that's going to be it for this one. Michael, thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, great Pleasure. conversation. Loved like we got lots more to talk about. Lots of wizards. Oh yeah, that's so Have cool. Have me on like, again. I'm definitely down. Absolutely, will do. Uh, what is the website? Uh, you can go to sirestudiosinc.com. Uh, you can go to drenproductions.com also. Perfect. And you are sire underscore studios on Twitter. Uh, if you have any questions for. Michael, if you have any questions for myself, Sire underscore studios or Indie Hype Man on Twitter, get at us. We'll be happy to answer any questions. I get distracted very easily, so I will answer your questions if you tweet me. Perfect. So it'll perfect. happen very like, – it's like I know I have to work on this book, which I have to do right after this podcast. I have a, a, some, some comic book stuff I got to do, and it's like – yeah, you'll, someone will tweet me something, and I'll just be – I'll be on Twitter for like an hour, which, which is not good, but yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. Happens to all of us. Happens to all of us. Well, that's going to be it. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we will see you in the next living Before they go living, my vision is vivid. I wander the places they marvel. The shit that I'm talking is low-key and novel. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so lit, but a lonely spark. About to end game like Tony Stark.